Welcome to the uncanny valley, where the familiar becomes strange, and the truth isn't what it seems. Here, we peel back the layers of reality, uncovering secrets hidden just beneath the surface. Every shadow whispers a story, every silence screams a hidden tale. Join us as we journey into the depths of the unknown, where each turn is a puzzle and every answer leads to more questions. Are you ready to look beyond? Welcome back to the Uncanny Valley podcast. My name is Brittany and I'm here with my husband, Dakota. And today we're going to talk about something that me and Dakota talk about a lot, which is the lost knowledge of our ancestors. And what we mean by this is knowledge that would have been well known 70 years ago, but has been lost throughout the generations as we've become a more technologically based society rather than an industrial-based society like our ancestors. But before we get started, I just want to remind you guys to hit that subscribe button if you're on YouTube. If you're on Spotify or any other podcast platform, make sure to follow us on there. And please rate our podcast anywhere that you listen, like Spotify or Google Podcast or Apple Podcast, because that'll bump our podcast up in the algorithm. Yeah, and it really helps us be able to reach more people and grow as a podcast, especially being new and kind of unknown. It's harder for even just our friends and family to find us right now. And don't forget, we're also on Instagram, Facebook, and we post regularly whenever we have a new episode coming out and some behind the scenes stuff. And one more thing before we get started, if you have a podcast or you have a really interesting story that you'd like to share on our podcast or just something interesting that you want to share with us, please leave a comment down below or private message us on Facebook or Instagram. We really want to bring guests on here and make this a more interactive podcast and share stories that otherwise may not be shared on the internet. And if you're interested in having us on your podcast, you can also DM us on Facebook and Instagram. And we can talk about that. This lost knowledge of from our ancestors isn't ancient knowledge. But like you said in the intro, it's knowledge that we've forgotten 70 years ago, 50 years ago, even 20 years ago in the early 2000s. A lot of things are different nowadays from even back then. And in this podcast, we'll explore some of those things that we may have forgotten or lost. Just a little disclaimer, we're not blaming people of today or trying to make us all feel guilty for not knowing this knowledge. We can't know what we don't know, and it just hasn't been shared or practiced throughout the generations like it would have been 70 years ago. And I think it's done purposefully, but I don't think it's been a conscious effort by the everyday people of knowing what they were doing. Things were changing, and that's just how things move and evolve. The things we're going to say today, Dakota and I aren't experts in it. We don't necessarily even know how to do these things ourselves. We're just sharing what these things are and hopefully encouraging people to branch out and try to learn some of the knowledge from our ancestors. One thing that happened to Dakota and I this week was our dishwasher broke and I had just baked and cooked a lot of things because we've been stuck inside all day because of the snow 
And so, of course, our dishwasher had to break on a day where I had a huge sink full of dishes just from that day. A lot of people that we were telling that our dishwasher broke were saying things like, just go buy a new dishwasher. They're so cheap. It's just easier to go to Lowe's, Home Depot, get a new one. But Dakota actually looked it up and found within minutes what was happening to our dishwasher, ordered the part and is gonna try to fix it himself when the part comes in. Something about us is that we actually do this a lot. Most of the maintenance and problems we have with our cars, Dakota tries to fix it on his own, and I'll let him speak about that more in just a minute. I try to cook a lot of things from scratch. We try not to buy a lot of frozen food or eat out a lot. We have a strict rule that we try to follow where we're only allowed to eat out once a week. Usually the coupon we spend that with is this really good Chinese restaurant in the town that we work. And so we're supporting a local business at least. Dakota, why don't you just get into your childhood, growing up with your grandpa and the things that he taught you that we've just noticed a lot of people our age or even older don't know how to do. I think growing up, my grandpa taught me a lot of skills and repairing things and maintenance of things. So if something did break on the cars, it was always, well, let's figure out the problem. Let's look it up or let's look at the manual if we didn't have the internet or whatever and try to figure it out. So my grandpa had years of working as a maintenance guy and he was a pastor. So he was always working on something around the church and fixing it. And plus he always worked on his own cars and appliances. If something broke on the dryer, it was a belt, he'd tear it apart, fix it. And he was really handy in that way. So I was always really exposed to that. And plus my dad was the same way. He would fix things a lot around the house. And if something broke, was generally fixing it or or at least knew what the problem was before calling somebody. I was around this kind of environment of repairing and fixing versus just straight up replacing. And it yeah. really influenced me to try and do that before just tossing out the appliance or tossing out the broken thing. Or just driving to the mechanic the second your check engine light comes on. Or calling a plumber as soon as something happens. Or if this thing broke, then calling the appliance guy just for that. Now, if you do have a warranty or something, I highly recommend doing that because you usually paid for that warranty. So use it as much as you can. But if you're out of the warranty, you have a 35-year-old oven and and one of the fuel pressure regulators broke or something those things are really easy to replace and you can find them on amazon for like ten dollars and so this weekend that was that kind of situation the dishwasher broke found the part on amazon for sixteen dollars it'll be here in two days and we'll have another working dishwasher and I'll instead be of out. spending five hundred dollars on a brand new one or more yeah i'll be out an hour of my time in sixteen dollars so it's really not that big of a time investment, and it's not like I had to be a plumber and know, have the knowledge of everything with it. Yeah, we use a lot of YouTube, Reddit, Quora, just simple internet searches, and usually there is going to be somebody who has your really odd problem that you have on your dishwasher yeah, you're not or your the washing only machine. one owning that piece of equipment. So if you look it up more times than likely, they'll have that. Um, fix and the part that you need to do and include a step-by-step on how to do it. So it's really easy nowadays to find that. But one thing I wanted to mention was it wasn't just your dad and your grandpa doing things. You were always outside doing the things with them. So that's how you learned was just mm-hmm. hands-on 
holding the flashlight for your grandpa underneath a Jeep or... Yeah, so I was always experiencing that. And it was really good, I think, to teach me how to do things, but also teach me to do it um, and not just immediately take the car somewhere. And sometimes some things are just too much work or you may not have the tool to do it and the tool itself costs more than just getting it done and in those cases it's you know obviously no yeah i'm not going to go buy a wrench that i'm going to use once for 200 dollars when i could get it done for 80 and so in terms of saving money and time and just general maintenance of the product i'd rather go that route it helps keep your things alive but also keep your things in function and not just going directly to waste. Like we throw out too many things now. They immediately fills up landfills with things that literally will never degrade. No, and we're the type of people, I don't know if we just have bad luck or something, but all of our appliances, cars, there's always something wrong with everything we own. And it's not because of the maintenance that Dakota or I do on them. It's just the cycle of life. And a lot of people's first reaction is, okay, now I have to call an electrician or a plumber or take my car to the mechanic or, oh, my TV has this little thing wrong with it. Now I need to throw it away and go spend another $500 on a new TV. And we try to live very frugally. Um, That's the biggest thing that learning how to take care of your own stuff does is help you save a lot of money. But then it also helps you not be so reliant on others. And that's kind of the crux of this episode is how do we become self-sufficient like our ancestors? What were they doing that we don't do anymore? What knowledge and skills did they have that just isn't passed on anymore? Well, in our ancestors case, you didn't have the luxury of just going and buying it like we do now. You usually had the same fridge and it was passed down or it was just the same thing that was there or you might not even had a fridge if it was that old. And so you, you might had to had, rely on preserving food and you had to have one car for it and it was, it had to run. So you have to learn how to fix it. And granted things were a lot simpler back then and they were built to last. They were built with steel instead of plastic or something. And so it was a lot easier to take care of, but now we have the luxury of an insane industrialization and globalization which has led to you can go buy a part from china for ten dollars and it's the same oem part and back then you might have only had the one supplier and it was either back ordered or we just don't make it anymore or good luck even finding the person like you couldn't just go on amazon and search up a part if you had some weird brand yeah, and or, you don't even need to be specific on Amazon and it'll still pull up the part because it knows what you're talking about. Or you can just post on a forum and other people will help you find what you're looking for. Yeah. So I think our ancestors had a lot of that instilled in them because of things like the Great Depression, which I think are influencing some of the modern day choices that people are doing, like how we were talking before we started about gardening and COVID. Yeah, so that's one thing I really wanted to get into. Most of us alive right now obviously experienced COVID. If you're listening to this, you have to be at least four years old. So if you were born in 2020 or before, you experienced the pandemic. And we're not going to get into the politics and my personal beliefs on COVID because that's not what this is about. But something good that came out of this time at home time spent away from work, um, maybe even getting laid off from your job like I was, was the new desire to be more self-sufficient. You know, 
I was born in the early 2000s, so I've always been used to having things in a convenient way. I've, I've always been used to, you go to Walmart, you grab what you need. But when 2020 hit, Dakota and I lived in a very rural town that was an hour and a half from any major city or any other grocery stores. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. There was only two grocery stores in the town, Walmart and Safeway. And when the pandemic hit, literally no stores had almost anything. They did have Arrowhead water because nobody likes Arrowhead water enough, even during an emergency. But walking through the grocery stores and literally not seeing a single food item left really, I think, affected us. And it made us realize that you cannot always rely on the grocery stores. You can't just go grocery shopping that day for the food you're going to eat. You have to have a backup supply, emergency food. You need to maybe when you're buying a canned thing, buy a couple more because you never know what's going to happen. From the pandemic came this huge rise in people gardening. But the only bad thing that I'm seeing now is that the hype for it really peaked and now it's kind of starting to trickle down again where people are back to work. We don't have as much time to spend on a garden anymore. We're not at home like we were. Well, and we're getting back to the normal day of life where you can just go and get whatever you need immediately. And we will forget that during that time, you couldn't just go get toilet paper or a can of beans because it just wasn't there. Yeah, we went weeks and weeks without our grocery stores being restocked. And it took really like two years for it to get back to what it was beforehand. Mm -hmm. And we had to drive sometimes two and a half hours to go find certain things from a store because we just didn't have it where we were. Whenever COVID hit, we had actually just moved into a new house that we were renting. And when family members came to see us, our housewarming gift was toilet paper which was kind of funny, but it was actually the thing that we needed. Since we had just moved, we didn't have this huge supply of things that you would normally have. Yeah. So let's just get into this. According to the National Gardening Association in 2020, 18 million new gardeners joined the hobby, which was a 16% increase from the previous year. And we saw that. I saw more and more people posting pictures of all the food they were growing, maybe flowers. A lot of us now are having to relearn what our ancestors knew. A lot of people right now, if you're on Instagram, maybe it's just the algorithm I'm seeing because I like this kind of stuff, but a lot of people are getting into making their own bread from scratch, sourdough starters, and learning how to can and preserve food, which 70 years ago, our grandparents would be laughing that we even have to buy books on how to do it whenever it would have just been passed down from their mom or their dad, and it was just a normal part of your life. You had your garden, you picked all your vegetables and fruit for the year. And then to make it last, because you couldn't just go to Walmart and go grab an onion, you had to preserve it. You had a food seller. You had your own farm animals that you might've been butchering or a neighbor who had chickens giving you eggs. And we've really stepped away from that as a society. And like I said, we've gotten back to it a little bit, but now the hype of it is dying off. And I'm afraid that another thing like COVID will happen and we're going to be hit even harder because people aren't going to be prepared again. During World War II, we saw a really big increase in homes and even schools 
uh, implementing gardens in order to feed the soldiers. And I found a bunch of statistics saying that over 40% of our food at the time came from people's own personal gardens, which is a really interesting fact. But then by the 1950s, urbanization, people moving into suburbs kind of killed that momentum that we were at. And people no longer had enough land or space to even grow their own food. The shift went from having a garden to feed yourself to having a garden to look good, to impress your neighbors, to have a perfectly manicured lawn, cut out all your extra trees, get rid of any native plants because they're not pretty enough. And let's put in turf. I don't need grass anymore. I don't want to have to mow it. And mean to cut always cringe at this because... You're literally killing your natural biome. And we're not tree hugger, you know, climate change, blah, 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 blah. But some of what they say is true in that we're getting rid of a lot of native plants. We're spraying weed killer on all of our medicinal and natural environments and ruining it. You used to be able to go brew dandelion tea just for the health benefits. But now it's like, are you sure you want to do that and have glyphosate in your system <laughs> yeah you want roundup tea or roundup salad i mean they still spray that on the food that we eat now but most people i see around are spraying it on their own stuff a lot of these native plants that we've been taking out are natural to the local ecosystem so it gets rid of bees and gets rid of some of the smaller animals that help spread seeds and pollen and when we replace them with these ones that are pretty they're invasive usually and wipe out the natural system Yeah, if you've ever seen ivy growing around a tree, that's not natural to your local biome and it can kill your trees. And another thing that I've noticed, and I'm not speaking for myself like I know all these things, but a lot of us don't even recognize the native plants, which ones are edible, which ones do something medicinally or X, Y, Z. And we would be too scared to go in our backyard and make a salad. Mm Mm-hmm. One thing that I'm passionate about is foraging mushrooms, and a lot of people are too scared to eat a mushroom that they find, when in reality, most mushrooms aren't going to kill you. They might make you sick if it's a toxic one, and of course, like, don't just go outside and go eat a random mushroom you found just because I said this. I always use Google image search to help me identify what mushroom it is, and there's certain things you can do to make sure it's safe before you eat it, but most people are too scared and have these preconceived things about natural plants and stuff that you find in your own backyard, but you trust the things that you see at the grocery store. Yeah, just because it's sold in Walmart and it's been sprayed and everything, then it's safe, but if you find the same exact plant, then you get a little worried about it, and it's weird. Yeah, like moving to Missouri from Arizona, we're in a totally different environment with way more plants than ever before in Arizona. And something that was funny that happened to us was when we first started mowing our lawn here, I told Dakota, this area smells like onions. Like it literally smells like grilled onions. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to our family that lives here and they're like, that's onion grass. And I didn't even know we have our own native green green onions growing yeah that you can eat and we've ate some they have a different taste than like a grocery store green onion but they're fine yeah i mean in our yard is perfectly fine we don't spray things or use anything we don't have runoff from farms or anything nearby this year we're gonna go really hard with trying to grow our own food i bought 
tons and tons of seeds, heirloom seeds, so that I can get the seeds from them. We're going to try to grow our own wheat. And I might be in over my head, but I think it's always fun to try. Mm -hmm. Because the worst thing that could happen is that stuff just doesn't grow. And thankfully, we do have grocery stores still. So if I can't grow enough food to feed us, we won't die. Yeah, we can still supplement it. (laughs) But one thing, and Dakota can probably speak better on this, is we don't really know where our food comes from. We just go to a grocery store and we just see what's in front of us, but we don't know what countries it's coming from, who grew it. Well, most of our fruits and vegetables usually are coming from other countries. In the United States, a lot of it's coming from Mexico because it's a lot cheaper to get produce made there because we don't have to pay the workers as much as you do in America. But some of it comes from countries that you wouldn't even really want to get things like that from. A lot of people don't even want to buy cell phones made from this country or appliances made from this country. And that's China. A lot of apple juice concentrates and Pretty much if you're going to buy juice from a grocery store, it's going to be concentrate. Flip the bottle over, it'll probably say concentrate from China and New Zealand, which is, or just straight up China. And it's always usually a mixture of something from China or another one. China is one of the world's biggest exporters of most of our food products, actually. They can grow a lot more over there. And just like in Mexico and these other countries, you don't have to pay the workers anything or It's so little, it might as well not be anything. Well, and it's insane that it's cheaper to pay somebody in a foreign country, have it shipped here, than to pay our own farmers and growers here. Mm -hmm. We have governments, both local and federal, interfering with what farmers can and can't grow, and whether or not they'll tax them more because you'd grow this, or we'll give you money not to grow it, which causes a huge issue because now we're not as reliant as a country. Or we're letting countries buy up our farmland like China and private people like Bill Gates. Yeah, who owns, what, the most land in the whole United States? Yeah, Bill Gates is one of the largest farmland owners in America. Well, and I've heard stories of people where the government will send them a letter or somebody will come knock on their door and they say, I'll give you 10 grand to not grow corn this year. Who's going to pass that up if you were a corn farmer? But then the problem is, is that you stop becoming a corn farmer or whatever vegetable. Yeah, if they keep doing that after a few years and you get out of practice with it, maybe you don't maintain your equipment or you sell off your equipment because you don't need it anymore. Yeah, now you've just taken that local source of food out and now it's not going to be passed on to the son and the son of him. Luckily where we live, we live in a very agriculture-based Uh, state Missouri Missouri grows the most soybeans in the whole country we grow a lot of the country's corn we have I think more cows than people but in a lot of states they don't have that kind of thing and even though we have all of these resources most people us included still get our food from a grocery store because we just can't afford to buy eight dollar milk from a local farmer and the sad thing is, is it's not that farmer's fault, but it's because we're used to the prices set at a certain thing and they're being subsidized from the government to be that cheap. And so whenever we see the real cost of producing things, we can't afford it. Yeah, they've subsidized these bigger, larger factory farming. And you can go get a gallon of milk for $3 or three fifty. And then you go and you go get the local thing. And like you said, it's $8, $12. I mean, if you buy two of those, that's you know, $16, $24, it's unaffordable, especially now whenever the gas to get there is five bucks a gallon. 
Sometimes it goes down like it is right now, but who's to say it won't go back up in six months before the election? And one thing, too, that our society has really shifted with is in the past, people had their own gardens and probably had their own farm animals. But people had a lot more time because they didn't work the kind of jobs that we have. Or one parent stayed home, like the mom was a stay-at-home mom. But it it went even further. You weren't just a stay-at-home mom. You probably had other family members living with you, like a grandma or a grandpa, who were also contributing to your garden or your farm animals, helping you sew clothes for your kids. And we don't have that as a society. We don't live by... A lot of family members or our family members are having to work up until their 80s. They can't Mm -hmm. afford to retire. And most people can't afford to have one parent stay home with their kids. Both parents have to work. They have to send their kids to daycare. You come home from working a nine to five. You're so exhausted. You can't go water all your plants, feed your chickens, milk your cow, change the oil on your tractor, go harvest your wheat and process it, and then mill it into flour. That's It's unattainable for most people. You just turn around and go right back to work. Yeah, when you could have just bought a pound of flour for $3 at the store. Or if you shop at Costco like us, you could have bought... You know, 50-pound bag (laughs) for $8. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and a lot of the things that I'm trying to grow isn't necessarily because I think I can do it for cheaper... Most of the time gardening now, you're not saving money growing your own food. Soil is ridiculous. Equipment is insane. A lot of us have to start from scratch. We don't have gardening boxes or land that's already prepared to become a farm. So you either have to pay somebody with a tractor to come till it for you. And then you have to amend it with probably purchased mulch and compost until you can start your own so it's a really big investment up front that a lot of people can't afford and that's just negating the initial cost of the land and the equipment that you would even need to have it yeah if you live in a suburb and you only have a 600 square foot yard you can grow a lot of things but you're not going to have a yard anymore so you have to sacrifice one for the other yeah and a lot of people it's like well i have kids and i don't want them to have nowhere to play or this is literally the only place i can sit out outside that's private. I don't want to convert this into a micro homestead. Another thing that I've noticed with our generation, millennials, and even the generations above millennial is a lot of people don't know how to cook anymore or rely too much on frozen food, convenience foods, prepackaged food, and eating out to survive. I know a lot of people who don't even make their kids breakfast. They literally drive through Starbucks every morning get themselves a coffee, get their kids a egg white spinach bite thing or a cake pop and then send them to school or send them to daycare. And then for lunch, they go to whatever restaurant is next to their work. And then on the way home, they pick up Chinese takeout or get pizza or pop in a frozen pizza. And by the end of the day, it's like you've spent over $100 just on eating that day. Mm Mm-hmm. And I understand not having time. I don't have kids, so I can't speak for people who have kids. But we try our our hardest to cook a lot of our stuff from home. I try to make a lot of things from scratch. And it really doesn't have to be as hard as you think it is. Like, I'm not saying you have to only eat homemade bread. Because I don't really do that. Because we don't really eat that much sandwich bread anyways. And so when we do, if I made homemade sandwich bread, it would be molded. Because we just... Don't eat it. We eat it once a 
like every couple weeks. Like one thing we made for dinner last night was I made shepherd's pie from scratch. I just made my own mashed potatoes, cooked up my vegetables, my ground beef, and made it. And you can go to Costco and buy a shepherd's pie, but you're spending like $20 on something that I probably made for $5 because we buy a lot of our food in bulk. So ground beef is like $3 a pound, but we buy the huge thing and then divvy it up. So we're saving a lot of money in the end. Yeah, really we're paying like maybe $1.70 for that ground beef that was used. And then on top of the other things, potatoes and the vegetables, it's yeah, probably about $5 in total. We make huge portions whenever we cook something like that because then we have leftovers for a few days and then I don't have to worry about making dinner. But a lot of people my age don't know how to cook anything except tacos, literally, because all you do is make ground beef mm-hmm. and then you already have your pre-done you the, shells. Yeah, and put, Pop in the dry mix on top of it and just let it soak up and then there, you're done. And I'm not judging people. Most people have never been taught how to actually cook. Or they don't even know how to use a stove, like Mm -hmm. legitimately use their stovetop. They only know how to use a microwave or maybe a toaster oven. But not only does making your own food from home save you money, but it's obviously a lot healthier. There's not random hidden ingredients in your food. One of the only bad things about making your food from home is that when you get to a point where you're doing it so often, when you go out to eat, a lot of times the food isn't as good to you anymore. Yeah, it doesn't taste as good or the quick easy meal that you bought because you knew you're going to be busy that week just tastes like garbage tastes like the cardboard it was packaged in yeah since covid i started making my own pizzas and whenever we go to any pizza hut or domino's or little caesar's i just don't like it Mm -hmm. i just like my own homemade pizza more like i said i'm not judging people who use these convenience food i have a freezer full of food too i'm just saying One thing that our generation needs to start doing before we forget this knowledge is trying to do a lot of things from home, do things on your own so that you're not always so reliant on somebody else. And reliant on the system that's super fragile. We already saw that once, and that was a baby tasting of some of the delays on parts that we're still not recovered from. Yeah, car prices are still outrageous because of the chip shortage from four years ago. And so imagine that times two, even just twice as bad, we wouldn't even have the car parts or anything anymore. So you'd have to be able to make the repair yourself with little tools and not the replacement part if it wasn't there. Well, and I think a lot of problem too is that the majority of people don't own a house nowadays. And so they're renting. And so they're used to having a maintenance man come and fix everything in their house, which obviously when you're renting, you shouldn't be the one fixing things. It's not your property. But But then you buy a house and you're like, I don't have the guy to call. (laughs) I don't have the guy. Yeah. Now I have to pay somebody $100 an hour to come do something as simple as changing a light fixture or replacing the faucet on your sink. Mm-hmm. When in reality, if you look on YouTube, you can learn how to do something. It might take you a lot longer than somebody who does it as a profession, but most of the time you can learn how to do it on your own and it turns out just as good. Or at least if it's broken, the only person you have to blame is yourself and you didn't waste Well, and you know money. now that the quality of the work is up to par. Whenever you hire somebody, it's always the concern, is the contractor that you're hiring going to do a good job? Or is he some local handyman that doesn't even know how to screw in the light bulb and you're just going to take their word for it? And then they scam you. (laughs) Yeah. So becoming more self-sufficient is really important. And that just goes for repairing things, 
And obviously there's the ecological effects of repairing your things, keeping it in use more often, keeping your computers in use more often, keeping your your stove, maybe something went out on that and you can replace that with a $5 part in use more often or your car. A lot of people just replace the car because it's something happens, something small like a tire went out or a wheel a sensor. went out. Yeah, and it's a $10 sensor. You can just go and replace it. Most of the time, the tools that you use for one job, you'll be able to use across multiple jobs. One wrench can help you not only on your car, you replace the $10 sensor. Well, then you go inside to go wash your hands and your sink is broke. So now you can use that wrench to repair the sink or replace the sink. And now that tool has become a multi-use object that has more value. Every time you use it, it pays itself off incrementally. Yeah, a drill. If you don't know where to start, a drill is like one of the first places you can start building IKEA furniture, replacing a door handle. That's obviously like a really easy one. I encourage everybody listening right now, if something in your house goes out this week or something on your car or you have a little extra time to make dinner, try doing it yourself. And I know it sounds really silly to people who might already be used to doing that, but I just see a lot of people not. And then when they admit it, they get shamed by other people who are judging them because they don't know how to do something. But you have to start somewhere. Yeah, we all don't know everything. That guy who you're paying $100 had to start somewhere not knowing how to do it. Yeah, and sometimes it just doesn't work. I tried to grow tomatoes this year. The heat wave killed them. The only thing I was able to grow was jalapenos. But the most satisfying thing this year was growing those jalapenos tasting the something that I grew from seed in my own dirt and then saving the seeds for this year, I'm going to try to grow them again. And Mm -hmm. just trying one thing at least once a month, you could learn a lot of skills that you might not have been taught, but that you can pass on to your own kids or the people around you. And don't just rely on YouTube videos. We've been saying YouTube, YouTube, look it up online, but go buy a book on how to do it. I went and I bought books on homesteading and how to build these boxes and how to do this and how to repair that. Go buy the manual for your car. They still make them. Go buy if you... Or just look in your glove box. It might be hidden back there. <laughs> go buy if you have a riding lawnmower. It's probably already in the manual, how to do an oil change. Quit calling a handyman for, to do that. Do it yourself. The filter and everything's $2 for a filter. Oil's 6 bucks. It's an $8 oil change. Same with most cars are about that. It's about 10 bucks for the oil, 2 bucks for the filter. It's a $12 oil change and you're not having to go and pay $89 for it. Or if you have a coupon, $45. You can read a step-by-step, you can do it. And it's once you start getting into it and you realize, you know, this is just too much for me. As long as you haven't done something catastrophic, you can just put it back together and be like, I need to call somebody that knows what they're doing. And if you have kids, and again, I'm not trying to speak for people that have kids because I don't have any, but I encourage you to involve them in what you're doing. A lot of kids nowadays have no idea how to do anything. They don't know how to cook. They don't know how to repair something. They don't know how to make themselves a peanut butter sandwich. They don't even know how to mow the lawn. They don't know how to do any of this stuff. And yes, doing things with kids will take longer than if you just did it yourself but the knowledge you're passing on to them is and the skills is indispensable i'm sure when dakota was a little kid trying to help his grandpa something on the car 
he wasn't actually doing it, but he was watching and observing and eventually gets to an age where now you are actually helping. Yeah, and now you can't, now you know, though, just by osmosis, what these parts do generally, how these things work. And those generalizations, once something breaks, really helps out, though, because then while you're fixing it, then you generally know that this part does something to this one. And then that one starts this and does that. Well, this part is broken. So now you know what link in that process is broken and you can start fixing it. And if you still have your grandparents alive now, the next time you have a little issue on your house, just try calling your grandpa or your grandma or a great aunt, because I guarantee you, they probably do have an idea of what's wrong and can be a really great resource. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think, oh, my grandpa can't use a smartphone, so he doesn't know how to do anything. It's like, well, your grandpa knows how to rebuild an engine and build a house or replace a toilet and those skills can be more valuable than ever and if you do have to call a plumber or so or an electrician ask them questions while you're there if they're getting irritated and they tell you to shove off then they don't need to be working there anyways you can fire them that's the beautiful thing about it but most of them will answer your questions happily and tell you that this valve oh no that's not a you don't have to replace it you just have to tighten down this nut and it'll tighten the valve back down and that leak that you thought you had because it was old hardware it was just an old valve that you hadn't seen before and it was a two second fix yeah we had our water heater go out and it was something that dakota probably could have done on his own but with the age of it we were just worried about floods and i could have done it it was easy he could have done it but we called somebody anyways because we were just in a really busy point of the week and we were about to have a snowstorm and so sometimes you just do have to just call somebody because you don't have the time needed to do something or if you just don't want to do it and honestly i didn't want to have to do it and deal with having to go get the parts come back and then breaking something off because the pipes and stuff are old and thankfully we did call somebody because whenever he started working on it he broke the pipe to it and so but he had them to replace it he swapped it out no problem a lot of times when we do have anybody come to our house dakota is in there not watching them making sure they're doing a good job but just asking them what they're doing and we've never had anybody get annoyed with us they're actually happy to explain it because you're taking care in something that's their profession and so you're not only just like being polite to somebody but a lot of those guys they've been on the job for like 20 30 years they know how to work a water heater and can give you really good advice and he told us to honestly just try to keep our water heater going as long as we can because the ones that they make nowadays only last six years at the minimum and ours is over 20 years old still going strong and we would have probably replaced it if I hadn't heard him say that, just because it's easier. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to like, comment, and rate on whatever platform that you're listening on. Rating definitely helps on things like Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next week.